Radio Mystery Theater presents... for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Cork Benson. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Can you even begin to imagine herding 2,600 longhorn cattle and planning to drive them some 3,000 miles through hostile country? Hostile not only because of Indian attacks or outlaws trying to cut out half the herd, but facing all the inimical forces of nature on the terrain to be crossed. The mystery begins with the vision of the man who conceived such a drive. No, Judy Ed, are you cooks so almighty good you could almost make me forget your mother? Now, Daddy, you're only setting out to flatter me because I fed you your favorite old Texas steak. <laughs> just like you was on the trail. <laughs> you're right. Burn black as you could wish. Uh, what would I ever do without you, Judy Ann? Well, that ain't quite the question, Daddy. What do you expect you are going to do without me? Hmm? I don't figure. Oh, yes, you do. You know you're fixing to start on the trail again. Only this time it's something special. You gonna let me share in on it? Well, uh, I don't know how to answer that. Since your mother died and the war between the states went wrong, we've been poking for a living. Everything we had went down the drain. Well, I got a chance to remedy that. How? When I was up in Fort Laramie and Cheyenne, all that Wyoming territory... I saw such lush grazing lands. Then I began to think on our tough, lean Texas longhorns down here. How they live on mesquite and scrub and who knows what. And I said to myself, what might they be if they could fill their bellies with all that rich grass? But isn't there cattle up there? There's too few. So I got myself together with some powers who want to build herds. And with the army who needs beef to feed the cavalry. And I put myself together a deal. What? They'll take every head I can deliver. They've given me a letter of credit, enough to buy what I need. And I can buy the cattle here for three dollars or under. And what would they pay there? Six dollars a head. Well, how long will you be gone? Oh, five, six months, going and coming. I want to go along. 
Well, uh, I don't see how. Why not? Well, a drive I'm planning, maybe the humans got less chance than the cattle. It's an all-out gamble for me. There's no place for you. Oh, no? Who's going to run your cook wagon? Lord of mercy, gal. I ain't put myself together a herd yet. Much less thinking on my hands to wrangle them. You've started to build a crew whether you want to or not. I'll be running the cook wagon. Oh, well, we'll see. Yes, Daddy, you sure will see. Now, you better get yourself busy building a herd. You don't get on the trail in the next ten days. You know darn well there ain't no ways you can stop this year. I may not get home tonight. Where are you headed? Oh, check in at the bank so they can clear that letter of credit. And then I'm going to track down Jeb Akers. If there's any man west of the Mississippi knows this country better than old Windy, I don't know him. You're going to hire him as a scout? Yeah, but more than that... I'm going to pick his brains. I don't understand. I want him to tell me that I'm not crazy. That the route I want to take is going to get us where we want to go. You want to drive the herd over the parcel trails, that it come? If you tell me it can be done, Wendy. It's pretty near 400 miles out of the way. But far enough west to maybe keep the Comanches off our tails. And those outlaws in the Kansas Territory as thick as Lucas. You've got 80 miles of desert going on into New Mexico. It's dry on a rattler's tail. It's near 100 by my reckoning. Well, them cattle got to have water. And 15 miles a day, that's pretty near a week. And no critter can go that long without drink. Well, we'll drive them day and night. We can make it in four or five. I'm taking a mighty big chance. Parcel did it. Yeah, but he left in the spring, and that was a real wet year. Huh. How many head you figure in the drive? Close to 2,500, as I can round up. Parcel only had 1,000. But you scouted him a trail and took him on through, didn't you? Well, we was lucky. So you think it can't be done? Now, who in tarnation ever said that? Well... Without you, I wouldn't even think of trying it. Without you to kick my butt, Colonel, I don't think I'd ever have risked it again. <laughs> so where's your herd at? <laughs> I ain't got one yet. <laughs> you and me's got seven days to put one together. Uh, you know I'm only too willing to sell, Colonel. Ain't no market here in Texas, and cash money is what my wife and youngins need. Okay, Buck. Eight hundred and two head at two seventy-five per. Now that's twenty-two hundred oh five and fifty cents. I'm paying you ten percent on account. Balance on delivery. I'll drive them down tomorrow, Colonel. Fine. You be sure you get me some bulls now. <laughs> I'll give you my word. Hey, uh, how many hands are you carrying? Well, I got a half twelve. How many you got? Up to now, Buck, I'm short. Well, how about Jim Ballinger? <laughs> Not on my drive. He drinks and he's a horse thief. Only when he ain't working. <laughs> there ain't a finer horse wrangler this side of the Pertinalis when he got a remuda to handle. Me and him rode many a trail. Well, I might consider him if you rode this one too, Buck. I need a point man I can trust. The pay is good. How many horses you figure for each cowboy? Oh, ten, maybe twelve. 
You want to buy my string? <laughs> I was hoping you'd ask. How many? I got 21 strong enough for what you're asking. How much? $200. Uh, too much. I'll pay you 150 with a $25 bonus. A bonus for what? For you to ride with me and cover point. Plus the regular wage, of course. <laughs> I guess we both knew from the moment you came by, Colonel, we was going to be riding together. You got a deal. There they are, Judy Ann, the whole herd. Wendy just brought in his thousand. You're looking at 2,638 prime Texas Longhorns. That's the start of putting you and me on easy street. Mm, it's a mighty fine sight, Daddy. Yeah. You got your crew all set? No, not yet. I'm still short some horses. And pretty out of money, except for what I owe the cowboys. Well, how long is it going to take us before we're ready to move on out? Well, it better not be too long. Why you got so much trouble signing on hand? It's a rough trail I'm planning to drive. Most folks think I'm local. They don't want to risk their hides. Can you make it, Daddy? Well, with Windy to scout out my route, yep. Well, then what are you worried about? Most of all, you, honey. <laughs> Me? I'm afraid it's going to be more than you can handle. Why, cooking up chow for 12 men or so? That ain't nothing. No, it's not so much the cooking. I know, I know you can handle that. But the hauling and the drawing of firewood and wrestling all them heavy supplies, filling the water barrel. I just don't think. Uh, what is it, Daddy? Look. What? The dude there with a face white as a Hereford cow and a go to meet an Eastern suit. <laughs> Now, where in Spikes Creek do you suppose he laid a hold of that big old cowboy sadly stooped? <laughs> I don't know. But one thing I'd lay odds on is he's never satisfied it. <laughs> don't tell me he's fixing to join this drive. Well, you'll soon know. He's coming straight for us. Uh, I beg your pardon, sir, but would you be Colonel Royce? The same. What can I do for you, son? Well, I'd like to join your cattle drive. You a cowboy? No, sir, but but I have my saddle. Yeah, so I see. You got a horse to put under it? Uh, no, sir, I couldn't afford that. Uh, the saddle took all my money. Uh -huh. You have a gun? No, sir, I, I don't believe in it. Can you ride a pony? I don't see why not. Well, now, let's just uh, test that out. Judy Ann... Climb on down let this young man try your old baldy. Uh, yes, Daddy. Oh, uh, this is my daughter, Judith Ann. I'm honored to make your acquaintance, Miss Royce. Uh, my name is Edward Malden. How do you do? Uh, the rain. Oh, oh, thank you. Dang, <laughs> damn it, man. Hutton Topper, do you try to do? Your mouth from the left, not the right. Uh, yes, sir, Colonel. I, I, I should have known better. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Take, take it easy, for Pete's sake. Oh. Thanks. Don't beat off. It's all right, Daddy. I have old Baldy. Well, I'm not worried about the horse. It's that tenderfoot there. <laughs> Don't worry about me, sir. Uh, just let me get up on him again, and I'll show you I can stay there. No, thank you, uh... I don't want you scaring that poor animal half to death. Well, I didn't mean to. Uh, oh, please, Colonel, give me another chance. I can learn. 
I've got to. to... Are you all right? Uh, I'm sorry. I. Uh, when did you eat last, son? I, I don't just recall. I. All right. Tether your horse, Judy Ann. Take the dude in the house and get him some victuals. That's it, Edward. Ride him. Ride him. Pull him up short. Now, rein him in. Rein him in. Now, clap spurs to him. Neck rein him sharp left. Now, hang on. Now, hang on. Okay, now, sharp right. Like you were riding down a stair. That's it. That's it. Now, drive him on home. Back to me. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on here, Judy Ann? Oh, it's Edward. Look at him. Three days and he rides mighty good. So what? Well, he needs a job, Daddy. Oh, couldn't we take him along? I got no room for fifth wheels. Well, you short one hand. He could ride relief on flight. And you wanted someone to help me with the heavy work on the cook wagon. He's strong. What interest do you got in this maverick? Oh, nothing special. Just he's a human being. And something's made him live through some terrible hard times. He's someone needs a second chance at life. How do you know? Well, I, I don't. I, I just kind of feel it. Hey, you! Uh, yes, Colonel. You, uh... You want to ride on out with us? Oh, I do. I don't know what I can pay you. I, I don't know if you're worth anything. Well, I'll go for my keep. Just to get north. What are you running away from, son? Oh, I didn't say I was. Let's just say I'm running, too. What does that mean? A chance to start over. To make my life. Uh, I'm plumb crazy, but... All right. We'll leave at dawn tomorrow. You won't be sorry, Colonel. I sure hope so, son. I sure hope so. be riding drag till we get this cattle far enough away and they don't want to keep turning home. Corky Flynn will be with me. And the rest of you, are you ready on the points? On the flanks? On the swing? Good. That makes all of us. May the good Lord ride along with us and the weather be kind. That's it, boys. a night we'll never see again. The big, rangy longhorns wheel in answer to the cowboys' directions. On the points at the head, two cowboys marshal the leaders. On the flanks, two others keep the herd shaped up. And in the rear, half smothered by the dust column raised by the churning hooves, the dragmen contain the stragglers and hold the long column firm. I shall return shortly with Act Two. days, the long column has moved along the banks of a small stream over good pasture land. The stream has provided plenty of water and also has lessened the chance of any of the herd breaking for home and causing a stampede. Off to one side and ahead of the mass of cattle, Judith Ann drives her cook wagon. And far off on the other side, to avoid the dust cloud left in the drive's wake, is the Remuda, 
all the extra horses shepherded by the wrangler, Jim Ballinger. But now, they are stopped for a rest period before heading into the desert. Hello, Daddy. Looking for coffee? Well, I could use a mug. The Brandon going all right? Yeah, we ought to be finished by tonight. How come you didn't get them mopped before we set out? I didn't want to take the time. I got to drive critters to Wyoming before we catch ourselves any snow. I had to stop here to rest the cattle before we make our run across the desert, so I figured to double up on the time. Mm, save yourself four whole days. Every minute counts. Well, you're not worried we can't make it, are you? If the good Lord's willing, we'll make it. What's got me chewing nails is windy. Mm, I've been thinking on him, too. He should have been back by this time. Yeah. I set a good deal of store on him finding me some water to tide the herd over the next five days. I've been thinking I'll ride on out and see if I can't spot hide a hair of him. Will you be back before sundown? I reckon I better. Once Brandon's done, the boys are all going to expect whiskey. I wouldn't want to saddle you riding herd on them tonight. I could manage. If I wasn't here, you could need help. Now, who are you going to get that from? Dude. That's what the boys have taken to calling Edward. Well, there's good names any for him. He's no cowhand, that's for sure. He's trying real hard, Daddy. And he's learning. I like him. He's a gentleman. Yeah, I wouldn't count too much on that. What do you mean? He's got no sun on his face. White as a trout's belly. There's only one way I know man can get that look. From doing time in jail. And Judy Ann, uh, I don't think we take any chances on Mr. Molden, whatever. Whoever he is. Daddy, look. What is it? We've got a visitor. Ford in the river. We got worse than that, Judy Ann. The horse the stranger's leading. Why, that... Oh, I'd know that old strawberry roan anywhere. It's Wendy's horse. What? Then where's Wendy? I'm afraid he's riding him. But the horse is saddlepacked. And what do you think is trussed up in that poncho? It can't be but one thing. You don't leave the dead in the desert to the buzzards. You gotta bring them on home. How'd Windy die, Chet? Indians. Comanches? It's my guess. You can bear me out from that arrow I pulled out of his back. How come they didn't get you, too? Well, they was just a small raiding party, and we cut them up pretty good before they got Windy. We drove them off. And how'd you meet Windy? Did, did you know him before? Well, now I'd heard tell of him. There ain't so many of us scouts, we don't get wind of each other. We met uh, Ford and the Pecos. We got to talking, and they, he told me all about your drive. I asked him, were you still signing on? He said, maybe. So I figured, what did I have to lose? I'd ride in with him, take a chance. So you came all the way across the desert the way we're going? Yeah, that's right, sir. Can I get my cattle across it? If you push them 20 miles a day and take every hand you got, there's not one drop of water to get the snouts with. You willing to sign on with me? That's what I come for. But, uh, Colonel... Yes? If I've passed, muster, could I just climb down out of the saddle? I'm bushed and I'm awful hungry. Oh, yeah. forgive me, Chet. Come on down. No, thank you. 
my daughter Judith Ann here will rustle you up some chow. Dude, help me get Wendy off his horse. Got yourself quite a branding party going, Daddy. Yep, but a man needs whiskey ever so often to ease him up enough so he can get himself put all together again. Well, your new recruit seems to need more than most. Well, he's had a long dry ride across the desert. But I sure wish it was old Wendy gulping his share. So do I. I don't like that man, Daddy. Chet Holmes? What do you got against him? I, I don't know. Somehow I just don't trust him. Well, he's just come the way we gotta go. We need him to lay the trail for us. I guess you're right, Daddy. And I guess you better take yourself to bed in the wagon, honey. You're the only woman around. The boys could get out of hand. Well, they wouldn't dare risk your displeasure, Daddy. Yeah, I know, but I got a right circle on the herd. Make sure we got them all ready to move out tomorrow. Oh, don't you worry none about me. I'll be safe and snug. You better be. I'll stop by to check on you before I ride out. Well, now, hi, Miss Royce. Why don't you come on over by the fire and join the party? Why, thanks, Mr. Holmes, but I'm real tired. Well, I'm just about to turn in. Be a bit more sociable with the woman to liven things up. Right? There's too many of you and just one of me. Well, then maybe you and me could celebrate on our own. I don't think so. Uh, will you please let go, Mom? Oh, now, come on, Miss Roy. Just be nice. All I want to do... Let her go, Mr. Holmes. What? Huh? Ah. Well, if it ain't Mr. Greenhorn, tenderful, the old dude herself. What do you want? I want you to leave Miss Royce alone. It's all right, dude. I can handle it. He's pretty mean drunk, ma'am. You telling me I can't hold my liquor, boy? Get out of my way. Why don't you go bunk down and sleep it off? I don't take no orders from any eastern hi-hat. You get out of my way or I'll draw down on you. No, he doesn't carry a gun. Yeah, so much the better. I'd just as soon use my fist. Stand out of the way. Look, you know you're behaving like a fool. If you want to play games, why don't you go back and join the other boys? Well, that does it. Put up your fist. I don't believe in fighting. Maybe this will change your belief. No, <clears throat> no, no, don't. Stay out of this mess, Roy. This is between us. <laughs> why don't you fight back, Edward? Look, you can't do me any harm, Miss Roy. We'll see about that. <laughs> will you stand still, hang it, and fight like a man? <laughs> now stop dancing around and square up to no, no. All right. You want to dance? I'll give you some music. Now, the next one's going to be right where those dancing feet are, boy. Lest you lift them. Okay. What incarnation are you trying to do? I'm just giving the dude here a little dancing lesson. You put up that gun here. You might have stampeded the herd before we ever hit the road. If I didn't need you as scout, I'd fire you quicker than I hired you. Ah, oh, Colonel, we were just hacking around. All right. But that's the end of fun and games. I want all you cowboys to hit your bedrolls and get all the sleep you can. We're pulling out at dawn, and the next five days are going to be our long, tough haul. Uh, what was going on here, Judith Ann? Well, well, Mr. Holmes was annoying, Miss Royce. I... I told him to mind his manners, and he took offense. I see. Well, we won't have to worry about him for the rest of the drive. He'll be out in the front scouting our trail. 
All right, you better turn in, too, dude. You'll need your rest. Then you're not letting me go, sir? Well, if you think you can make it, the least I can do is take a chance on you. You won't be sorry. Good night, sir. Good night, Miss Royce. Good night, Edward. Mm-hmm. Edward? Well, I don't like to call him by a name that's a put-down. He fight for you? Well, not exactly. Chet Holmes was drunk enough to want to call him out, but Edward doesn't wear a gun. So instead, he started beating on him with his fist. And what did he, uh, the dude do? He didn't fight back. You mean he was scared? I don't know what I mean, Daddy. Hmm, he chickened out. Well, I don't feel right now, taking off tomorrow with a coward on my crew. I'll give him a chance. Whatever he is, I can swear Edward is no coward. near a hundred miles of desert, hot and dry enough to part your camel. We're gonna push, 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 till all of us are as ready to drop as the cattle. I wish us all good luck. We are surely man and beast in God's hands. I guess I should say good morning. Keep your voice down. These longhorns are so spooky, anything could set them off on the run. Well, it's been a difficult time, sir. They're parched for water. I know. We don't make the Pecos by tomorrow night and water them, though. They'll be to hell and gone all over Texas, looking for it for themselves. The main thing's held them together this far is Big Red there. He's a fine steer. They sure all follow his lead. Heaven help us if anything spooks him. If he took off... We'd have a stampede, wouldn't we? Yeah. With no way to stop it. Only chance would be to drop him in his tracks. He's the leader, remember that. They're awful restless. Maybe it's that moon coming up. Well, that could be lucky for us. That's why I rode on out to the point here. I'm relieving you. Relieving me? Why did I do something wrong, Colonel? No, but as soon as that moon gets high enough to throw us some light, we're moving on out. You holding up all right? Yes, sir. Well, you better. I don't need any more trouble than I've got. All right, go on now and ride slow and easy. No noise. <laughs> What's that? Rattle off. Don't pay any, any mind. Just, just hold that horse of yours. Whoa. Can't you handle that? Jay, tender foot. Can't even sit up. Hold on to the reins. Don't let him run on you. I've got him, sir. I've got him. You miserable greenhorn. Now you've spooked the herd. Boy, you lose me my cattle and I'll rip your heart out with my bare hands. Keep the ladder, everybody. Stampede. No measure of a stampede, no rationale, no reason. A 
sneeze. The rattle of a cook pan is just as liable to set it off as a loud sound, like the screaming of dude's frightened horse. Once the cattle start running, they may go for 200 yards or 20 miles. They may bunch or scatter. And in the unreasoning rush, kill themselves by sheer exhaustion or being trampled under. It is the ultimate disaster on a cattle drive. I shall return shortly with Act Three. Stampede. Once set in motion, the terror of two to three thousand unpredictable animals is a force of nature beyond the control of man. The frightened longhorn will run over anything, heedless of broken limbs, impervious to any thought of safety. And the men and the horses who try to contain them can end up trampled to death under the sharp and pounding hooves. Ride them off the point, dude! Up toward the cliff! Maybe we can contain them! All right, Colonel. Colonel, where are you going? I've got to stop Big Red! If they follow his lead, we've lost them! How can you stop him? Put a bullet through his head! If we don't drop him now, we got a stampede on our hands! kind of leader of the herd, Big Red. Looks like your daddy's going to shoot him. He's right in the middle of the cattle. He'll be trampled to death. Maybe not. What happened? Your daddy shot Big Red. <laughs> no, no, he must have missed. And he's lost his saddle. Oh, he's down. Oh, he's going to be run under. Easy, Miss Royce. Nothing we can do. But oh, wait a minute. What is it? That crazy dude. He rid right out into the herd. Oh, what's he doing? Trying to protect the colonel. But he's down, too. Rusty, Cookie, we gotta turn them back. It's all right, Daddy. You okay? Never mind me. The herd. The cattle are all right, too. But they, they were stampeding. As soon as Big Red hit the ground, they started milling. And the boys round them up and quieted them down. It's all right, Daddy. You saved the herd. No. He pulled up his head just before I fired at him. I only creased him before he knocked me off my horse. But you did drop him, Daddy. I mean, he was down. If anybody put him down, it, it must have been dude. Where's he at? He's out with the rest of the hands, getting the herd ready to move on. I'm sorry I ever doubted that boy's guts. Judy Ann, he came right down off his horse between me and that big old longhorn. How he ever checked him, I'll never know. He doesn't wear a gun. Maybe your bullet had a delayed effect. Maybe. Is that raunchy old steer dead? No, he was just stunned. He's right out there, calm as you please, and leading the herd again. <laughs> That's where he ought to be, too. Once we fetch the Pecos and water, we can talk out what happened. The first cup of coffee I can take time to enjoy in the last three days. <laughs> we made it across that desert. Yeah, and we've had a whole day to water and rest the animals. Should be all downhill from here on. I hope. Uh, here's the man I really want to ask about what happened last night. You sent for me, Colonel? I sure did, dude. And uh, join me in a cup of coffee? I'd like that. Evening, Miss Royce. Good evening, Edward. 
I'll get you coffee. You know, son, I never did get a real chance to thank you for saving my life. I didn't do that. Uh, let's not mess around, son. If someone hadn't stopped Big Red, he'd have run right over me and the rest of the herd after him. How did you do it? Colonel, it was your bullet that... Uh... My bullet only nicked him. Besides, I saw him still on his feet before I passed up. How did you drop him? Here's your coffee, Edward. Well, thank you kindly, ma'am. You haven't answered me, dude. Oh, well, I, uh... I didn't have any other weapon to use, so I just... Just punched him as hard as I could. With your bare hand? With one punch, you cold-cocked a longhorn steer? Well, sir, I guess that bullet you bounced off his head had him pretty weak. Well, never mind that. That was 1,500 pounds of beef. I stopped him with a bullet for a moment, but you're trying to tell me you knocked him cold with just... Daddy, it's Chet Holmes coming hell-bent for leather. Something must be wrong. What Indians! Indians, Colonel. If that don't beat all, out of the frying pan into the fire. How many? Twenty Comanche Braves, raiding party, and they're right on my tail. Gun of yours sure does discourage them engines, Miss Judith Ann. Well, it won't any longer. I'm out of bullets. Yeah, so am I. But I don't think we're going to need them. We've given them a bellyful. No thanks to you, dude. You didn't fire a shot. He doesn't have a gun. I wouldn't know how to fire one even if I did. Fine help you are. You ain't even a half a man. Well, I'm out of cartridges, too. I'm going to my saddlebag to load up. Look out! Miss Royce, drop him, Jet. No, no, guns empty. Watch out for his back. There's another engine there. I got the one with the hatchet. You take the other. With my bare hands, no, sir. It's every man for his help. Edward, look out. I got him, Miss Royce. Edward, the other one. Watch out for his tiny hole. Run, Miss Royce. Run. No, no, you're hurt. And he has a knife. Judy Ann, are you all right? Don't worry about me, Daddy. It's Edward. Watch that other Indian. Edward knocked him down. Buck's too busy taking care of him. You don't have to worry about this one. I killed him dead as if he was made of wood. Oh, but how's Edward? He's got a a hatchet bird in his right shoulder. Well, if he hadn't been there, it'd have been in my heart. Daddy, we've got to save him. We'll do everything we humanly can. Whatever wrong that boy did that put him behind bars, he's even to scale by all he's done for you and me. Edward? Yes? You're awake. Can I get you something? Oh, no. What happened? What am I doing here? Don't you remember? Well, you saved my life when the engine came. Oh, yes. Yes, the Indian. His hatchet in my arm. Did I lose my arm? No, no, no. You're all right. For a long time, we... Well, that doesn't matter anymore. The arm is fine now. Oh, you saved my life for me. I saved it for myself. Beg pardon? If I'd let anything happen to you, I wouldn't have wanted to go on living. Why, Edward, what a lovely thing to say. I shouldn't have said it. I have no right. Who says so? I do. No fine lady like yourself should have anything to do with a jailbird like me. Edward, I... No, I... I shouldn't talk anymore. And you better get back to the horses before they lose the trail. Please go. 
There's nothing more to be said. Filling up the water barrel for you, Miss Rice. Well, isn't it about time, with all we've been through, you called me by my first name? I don't think I have that right. Well, I think you do. How's the arm? Fine, thank you. Never be what it was, but maybe that's the Lord's blessing. Edward, ever since you've been back on your feet, three weeks, nearly a month, you've been avoiding me. Why? I think you know. Well, I think I do, too. And it's silly, isn't it? Well, can't you understand what's past is past? And all that counts is what's here and in front of us. I can't put away the years in prison. Why were you there? I killed a man. How? With my bare fists. (laughs) More exactly, with my right one. Was it a fair fight? No. Why not? Miss Royce, uh, I was brought up by my father. My mother died when I was born. He was a prize fighter who never found his dream and died with his brain scrambled. He brought me up to fight, well, to live by fists, too. I never knew any better. You fought? In the ring? 38 fights, and I won them all. <laughs> Knocking the other man senseless means anything. Then one night in Boston, I was having dinner with my father in a bar, and and this big, beefy man started to make fun of him. I I got mad. One thing led to another, and the man called me outside. With one right hand, I broke his jaw and something in his head. He was dead before he hit the ground. Oh, how dreadful. That's what the judge said at my trial. But I was a professional against an amateur. And my hands were the equivalent of lethal weapons. That I committed murder just as surely as if I'd drawn a gun. And I think he was right. No. Yes. That's why I won't fight. No, I'll never carry a gun. I will take no chance that I'll ever take a human life again. What is it, Daddy? Why are we holding up? You see that pass ahead of us? Through it, and we're into grazing land and water and the promised land. Why can't we go there? Because that two-faced snake belly Chet Holmes has led us straight into a trap. What do you mean? Well, here he comes. You're going to ask him for yourself. What's the hold-up, Chet? Well, I tell you, Miss Judy, me and some of my friends are holding the pass. It's sort of like a toll gate. They want 50 cents a head to let us through. And it'd break me, even if I had the money to pay it. So we go further west and find another way. <laughs> there ain't no other way. What water you'd find is alkali struck. It'd drop every critter dead in its tracks. Like I could do with Miss Royce's big 44 here? Dude. No, don't reach for your gun. Even an amateur like me could blow you right out of the saddle. Just take your gun easy, forefinger and thumb, and drop it. I'll make you pay for this. I'll give you the chance. Just drop it. Now get off your horse. Yeah, that's fine. Now, you once asked me to put up my fists against you. I didn't want to take advantage of you then. Now, with my bad arm, we're, we're a little more even. Judy, take your gun. But, Edward... Please let me handle this. Come on, Chet. Let's mix it. 
There's gonna be a pleasure to knock out your brain. Be my guest. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's enough. No more. If I let you go, will you call off your hired hand? Yeah, sure. Anything you say. Okay. Climb on your horse yeah. fast. And tell them we're coming on through. Oh, I'm going to tell them, all right. <laughs> you sure beat the tar out of him, Edward. You won't matter none. They still have us bloke. No, maybe not, Colonel. You don't think that beating you gave Chet will change anything? No. But I could guess something else might. What? I once pretty near started a stampede by accident, Colonel. This time I'd like to do it on purpose. Maybe they have enough guns to stop us and our crew. But I know they haven't enough to stop 2,600 Longhorn Steers. You don't just trigger a stampede to order, son. Uh, me and Big Red Mike. He's pretty scared of me since we had our run-in. Between that and with that gun of Judy Ann's, we just might run the gauntlet. By the good Lord, maybe you have it, dude. You called me Judy Ann. You always called me Edward. That made me ten feet tall. I knew in the end we'd always win out. By surprise, the gunmen guarding the pass were not ready for the sudden overwhelming surge of the herd. The sea of horn and ridgeback swept through the gorge, raising behind them a huge plume of dust, under the shadow of which Judith and the cook wagon, the remuda, and the rest of the cowpunchers rode to safety. Beyond was water and gently sloping land for grazing, and the drive was over. I'll be back shortly. Hi, I'm Landon Saunders. This is Heartbeat. Little Bo Peep lost her sheep. But instead of being depressed, she decided to pull herself together. She realized it was her little old helpless me way of thinking that made her so vulnerable to circumstances and negative criticism. That she was not only tearing herself down, but even turning people's compliments into downers by saying things like, You can't mean me. You're just trying to make me feel good. So most of her friends began to conclude, well, if she doesn't like herself, why should I like her? After all, she knows herself better than anyone else. Bo Peep finally realized she needed to recognize her strengths and focus on them and not on her weaknesses. And this has given her a new sense of self-confidence. She likes herself. I'd like to send you a free copy of my booklet on feeling good about yourself. Just put the words feeling good on a postcard or in a letter and send it to Heartbeat, Hartford, Connecticut. This is free. This is Heartbeat. particular history. 
During the summers of 68, 69, and 70, on other drives, the colonel built up one of the great cattle ranches in the country. But what was more important to him was the extension of his own family, which grew in those three years by three grandchildren, two boys and a girl. The children, of course, of his daughter, Judith Ann, and Edward Malden, a man who had found the greatest gift of the Old West, emancipation. Our cast included Jennifer Harmon, Court Benson, Ian Martin, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Gods have many wives. Uh, well, never mind all that for now. That, that kid has to go to a hospital. I'll take him in the boat. No. No? Malana will kill herself. Why? Because you will place him in the guard boat and take him to the sky. No, I, I'll take him to the Cedarville General Hospital. No, the guard Henry must cure the child here. The people wait. Well, let's get this straight. I never said I was able to... Henry get must cure the child. Or the people will turn on their god. Turn on their god? What, what, what does that mean? Killed? Cured the child. But how? By a miracle. A miracle? How can you expect me to make a miracle? You cannot make a miracle. It will prove that you are a false god. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.